Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, as most of us, especially in Sydney at the moment, are staying at home, I think this big shout out is really for those who are doing all of the deliveries for us, uh, whether it's groceries, all the things I'm buying from Amazon, whatever it could be. Everyone is online shopping at the moment and getting things safely delivered um, remotely. Now, one of the important things for anybody who is listening and is a delivery driver and helping us with these things is that they also need to make sure that they're safe and that they know where they're going. And honestly, guys, if you're a delivery driver, thank you. Uh, But also, I really recommend that you have either a, a Navman for getting from where you need to get very, very quickly or a dash cam for recording everything that happens during your commute. You're working. You need to have a second pair of eyes on the road to make sure that if something happens, heaven forbid, but at least you've got it recorded on a dash cam. Now, they don't have to be very expensive. The Navman range, such as the MyView 755, we're talking about $159 for a full high definition dash cam that's going to be forward facing, very wide angle lens, meaning it sees everything happening to the left and to the right, as well as everything obviously in front of you with full GPS tagged video and continuous recording. This is something that should be mandatory in cars, especially if you're going to be spending a lot of time on the road. So a massive thank you to those who are doing the deliveries and saving us from being exposed to uh, the big wide world, but also Please look after yourselves and protect yourself by having a dash cam and recording everything that's happening in front of you. So head to navman.com.au, have a look at the full range. And honestly, if you ever have any questions, we absolutely owe you. So please reach out to me anytime. And let's get on with the show. Jeff Quattromani, multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology. With Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have, again, another jam-packed show. But as always, I do like to pop a cork on something before we begin the whole episode of Technology Uncorked. Now, today, I have a bottle from Chile. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It's called, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so apologies for anyone who's listening from Chile or Chile, uh, Casalero del Diablo. Uh, I understand the word Diablo because it was a great game when I was growing up. Beyond that, it's actually a very good Cabernet. Now, I'm very impressed by this. I have had wines from Chile recommended to me in the past. This one is fantastic. I had bought this as part of my cheap wine haul when I went to Dan Murphy's. Um, this is I'm looking up this at the moment. It's about 25 bucks. I don't remember it being that expensive when I bought it. Maybe I got it on special, but absolutely, even for $25, I would be quite happy to be serving this or drinking it um, at home. It's, it's a lovely, lovely wine, very full-bodied Cabernet, very reminiscent of what we have in Australia. Um, but you know, as much as I love Australian wine, it's nice to venture overseas when we can't physically do so. We do it through wine. Now, today, guys, we have a big show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about news. I, as much as last week, I told you I want to focus on home office technology. We're still going to do some consumer news. There's still a lot to get through. We've got some news from Nokia about a smartphone, a face mask. I'm going to talk about some games that I've been playing because, yes, during lockdown, it does mean sometimes that you do things a bit differently. And I have been doing a bit of gaming. But yes, we're going to talk about uh, home office technology, stuff that is available now and some of the simple things. But we're also going to talk about something that I experienced in virtual reality. And it could absolutely be the future of how we meet remotely. 
Uh, I cannot wait to explain to you what that experience was like wearing a virtual reality headset and feeling like I was literally in a room with another person having a sit down conversation. Uh, it was absolutely something I can't wait to tell you about. So buckle in, pour yourself something. If you're driving, do not take your hands off the wheel. Stay focused, but do listen as we unpack or uncork technology. Now, anybody who is as young or as old as I am would know that Nokia used to be a brand that if you had one of their basic phones, you could essentially use it as a substitute hammer, you could use it to help nudge bricks into position, or you could use it as a weapon to defend yourself. They were very tough phones. They just were. The only thing that could possibly happen is maybe the battery would fall out and you would slam that thing back in and away you'd go. Nokia have this week announced a new smartphone. It's called the XR20. It's rated for extreme temperatures, 1.8 meter drops, so not 1.9. If 1.9, it completely shatters to pieces. No, I'm, get, I'm kidding. Um, but they're saying at 1.8 meters, no problems. Uh, under an hour or just an hour underwater, anything, again, anything more than that, the thing fills up with water as a drink bottle. Be very careful. It has Gorilla Glass Victus on the front, which is a new kind of Gorilla Glass. You will probably see this eventually come to other smartphones as well, but it looks like Nokia is going to be one of the first to do that. I think one of the biggest callouts here around Nokia and their smartphones, anybody who hasn't seen what Nokia's been doing lately needs to pay attention. The first thing to notice is their pricing is always very aggressive. They tend to add a lot of value into that smartphone for what you do get and what you do pay for it. But also one of the promises that they've been starting to make is a guarantee on updates. Now, Nokia is sort of pushing away from a lot of these other cheaper brands in saying that they guarantee three years of operating system updates, but four years of monthly security updates. So any patches, anything like that, any vulnerabilities that could be exposed in Android, you know, going forward, Nokia is going to take care of that. On top of all of this, so we've talked about how it's going to be tough and it's going to withstand anything. There's a three-year warranty on top of it. How many smartphones do you see that have a three-year warranty? You could spend $2,000 on an iPhone, you drop it, that screen breaks or something like that goes wrong. Or even if you just have an issue with the battery, most of the time, especially what I've been hearing from, from customers lately, is that they don't give you a nudge. They used to be very friendly. They used to actually do anything to make sure you had a phone that was working. But now it seems like they're trying to squeeze the money out of you for repairs. Now, this particular one from Nokia is the bee's knees from a pricing standpoint. We are talking about an $879 smartphone, which yes, while it is cheaper than iPhones and even some of the Samsungs and others, uh, it is the more expensive end for Nokia. So it is their more premium phone. It does have a whole array of cameras, 5G, all the other bells and whistles, but this is probably an ideal smartphone for a tradie or somebody who works with machinery, somebody who is prone to breaking their phone. While it still looks elegant and having that rugged toughness on the inside, I think it can really mean that it's something that uh, can go anywhere and do anything. So do check that one out if you're someone who's just broken your phone and needs to not be taught a lesson, but needs something to actually handle the way that you treat your smartphones. Now, another thing from Nokia, and again, a surprising entry to this week is a wearable air purifier. So look, I don't want this whole COVID thing to last forever. I don't want it to be here forever. However, it seems like it's dragging its feet a little bit. Uh, so now, I mean, I'm still wearing face masks almost wherever I go because of the situation that we're in in Sydney at this time of recording. But Nokia have now got a mask that you can um, not buy just yet if you're in Australia. In some countries, you can go out and buy this. 
But effectively, it's a mask that has a built-in air purifier. So it will also clean the air before you breathe it while still being a proper mask to make sure you don't breathe in COVID. However, it's also got a built-in microphone on the inside of the mask and a speaker that faces the outside of the mask. And for me, that is a huge, a huge, uh, what do you call it? Miracle, problem solver, something. Because I can tell you that whenever I go to Woolies or wherever I am, and if I've had to wear a mask, I feel weird talking to somebody because I'm like, can you hear me? Do I sound muffled? And it really bothers me. And it usually gives you that resistance to want to take it off. Your hands almost automatically start to do that. But here we have an opportunity where it's actually going to help you know, amplify your voice. And I love that. It has a battery that will last eight hours, so your conversations could go very long and you'll be protected still. Um, but it will recharge in under two. So if you're going to be out a lot, this could be something you're going to get. This is the kind of mask that I would love to see people who have to work wearing. You know, someone at Woolies who's behind the checkout, if they have to be there, they should probably wear something like this because A, we're all going to hear them very clearly. That means they don't have to raise their voice or work harder than they actually already are. Uh, but also it may mean a better level of protection. This mask looks pretty serious. It looks like that guy, I think it's Bane or someone from Batman who wears that big old mask and he sounds very odd. It's kind of a little bit like that. Now, if you're watching the Olympics, pay attention to the Thai Olympic teams, the Olympic team from Thailand. They have been given these Nokia masks. I don't know why they picked them first. Don't know why. Uh, but it could be to hide the Adam's apple. I don't know. But check out that. And if you are watching the Olympics, have a look for those Nokia masks. You'll see them firsthand. It's the first time I've actually seen them on TV or in the wild. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them in some ways in Australia. To be honest, I wish we didn't have to see them at all. Now, gaming. I don't talk a lot about gaming. That is not something you normally hear us talk about much on this show. Yes, we talk about the new consoles when they arrive, but I don't usually review games. I've made a bit of an exception here because in a pandemic, in a lockdown situation, you can spend hours scrolling through the doom and gloom on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. You start realizing which Facebook friends are kind of crazy, who are anti-vax or ones who are talking about conspiracy theories and things like that. You can go on Twitter where it literally is just about every single person who's ever had COVID talking about how bad it is. Um, or you can go on Instagram where you just see a thousand people who've had their selfie uh, taken getting the vaccination. If you want to break from all of that, I've found a couple of games that have absolutely brought joy to my evenings. Now, one of them is called Farm Simulator. This isn't the latest version. There's one coming later this year. This is Farm Simulator 19. It's now part of the um, Xbox Game Pass or something like that. It's a subscription. It's now part of that. So essentially, it's a free download if you've got that subscription. There's hundreds of games in that Game Pass. Um, Farm Simulator 19. And honestly, guys, it reminds me of Sim Farm when I was a younger guy. And I love it. Essentially, you get your big plot of land. You go and buy a ute. You build a farmhouse. You start planting some veggies. Then you start realizing you've got to harvest them or you've got to fertilize them. It's a full-time job running a farm. And if you're a farmer and you're listening to this podcast, I absolutely have a whole newfound respect for the work that you absolutely do. And I'm literally sitting on a couch trying to do this work and it's stressing me out. The biggest thing, however, was I watched Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime and that really got me into wanting to A, have a farm, but B, I should probably have a virtual farm and now I do. 
It's been a lot of fun learning how to do this stuff. There's nothing more rewarding than when you actually do harvest and then you take it to the mill and you sell the crop and you make money and you realize you actually haven't made that much money, but hey, you better get back and replant because otherwise you're going to go broke because you're leasing equipment and whatever else. I've also gone the route of having animals. I had I had pigs. They're high maintenance creatures. I had horses, which are great, but you've got to ride those things all the time to keep them valuable. That's again, a lot of work. And it's actually, a, it's a real chore, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, even just co- talking to friends of mine who are starting to jump onto this game as well, going through their difficulties, sharing knowledge. I imagine that's what farmers do when they bump into each other is maybe talk about what's working, what's not working. Uh, or maybe I'm completely getting it wrong and not seeing what a real farmer actually goes through. On the other hand, another profession that I have no skill set in, but I'm absolutely now simulating it is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Now, I have played the new version of Flight Simulator on PC when it, uh, when it launched. It must have been last year. And I really enjoyed it. The one thing that I don't like about PC gaming is that generally the game and the videos that you see online about you know, the promo and stuff like that, depending on the computer that you've got, could really hamper what kind of experience you're going to have in the game. It may not look as good as what you're seeing, or friends of yours who may have a more powerful computer get better detail on the graphics, and as a result, you feel like, I've got to now upgrade my computer. Whereas on a console, the experience that you have is generally the same as what somebody else will have. The only difference could be the actual TV that you're viewing it on. So if you've got a better TV, Yeah, the image may look better, but at the end of the day, the game should operate exactly the same because you're all playing on the same console. I like that. I like that because it means I'm getting the experience that even the person who built the game or designed the game is also getting. So when Flight Simulator came to Xbox, I was very quick to jump on top of it. I don't usually respond to gaming companies and ask for a review copy. In this situation, I did. Um, I have it for the Xbox Series X. And honestly, guys, yes, that is a very powerful console. But boy, does it do a nice job for Flight Simulator. I miss jumping on airplanes and traveling. I genuinely miss it. It's my best time to disconnect from the world. Uh, I usually catch up on TV shows and movies. And while I don't do that in this game, there is something very satisfying about taking a 787 or a 747 or even a very small light aircraft and lifting it off the ground and then letting it soar. and. Most importantly for me was actually finding landmarks, flying in places that I recognize, flying over New York City, uh, flying over Malta, which is a very small island, which doesn't take long to fly over. But it is amazing to do that and recognize places, whether it's beaches or landmarks that you know, and you're seeing it from the air again. The other thing which is really cool about Flight Simulator is you can actually bring in real time um, weather and time of day. Meaning when it's nighttime here and it's daytime in Europe, that's a really cool thing to do. And even to get the same weather experiences they're having at the, at the current time, it's a lot of fun. Um, with obviously not a huge amount of planes flying in the air at the moment because of the pandemic, there are less planes in the air, but it even brings in real-time flights um, that could actually be in and around your airspace while you're out there as well. Actually flying on a console is much easier than I found it on PC. And I don't know if it's just because there's obviously less buttons. On a, on a console, meaning they have to make a few things simpler. Um, but I certainly found it easier to fly when I was on a console than on the PC. I don't have accessories like a proper yoke or anything like that to really go full ball on simulator. But for me, just taking a nice flight, 
um, I went through New York. I did Paris to see the Eiffel Tower. Um, I did San Francisco for the Golden Gate. I went around, I think it's Brazil, where they've got that person standing on the top of the hill with their arms really wide. I think it actually may be Jesus or I think it's called Christ something. I apologize to my Brazilian listeners, um, but I flew past that. I went through Dubai um, and obviously the huge, I think it's the Burj Al Arab or something it's called, flew past that, really buzzed that tower, um, doing some barrel rolls, a lot of fun stuff. In a seaplane, even more fun, flying to Tahiti, land on on the water and then take off again after you've you know wandered around a little bit. An amazing game. What I haven't found in this, and I would love to see them have more downloadable content, is expanded aircraft. You know, there's no helicopters, there's no military aircraft, um, there are other planes missing. So it would be really cool to see that um, expand a little bit. And I, I have no doubt that it will. One of the things that they're saying is that there is continuous updates. To give you some quick stats about the game, because a lot of people who don't know how expansive this game is, let me give you a bit of data. 37,000 airports are available in the game. And I'm talking about stuff that will be in farms. If it's, a, if it's a registered airport where even the lightest plane may take off from, you can probably find it in Flight Simulator. Over 2 million cities have been properly developed and made into proper graphics so you can actually see the height of buildings. You can really look, th- look at them in 3D. 1.5 billion buildings. That's insane. Real mountain ranges, roads, trees, rivers, animals. Animals are in there. Traffic, you'll see cars driving around. It literally has the, uh, the detail that you would normally see from a proper plane as you're flying over a city. It's unbelievable. Um, the pyramids of Giza, Mount Everest, Naples, Rio de Janeiro, whatever it is. You find a location, take off from that location, and you can just explore. It's nothing. There is nothing out there that's so detailed and so beautiful as this game. And it's just peaceful once you're flying to be up there and exploring. It's, it's absolutely stunning. If you're really um, into this, you can actually do a full flight. If you want to drive from, fly from Sydney to LA and do the 11-hour trip, trip, you can. I think it'll be quite boring, but you can. And uh, I'm sure there are people who do. Maybe there are pilots out there listening who are currently grounded, and maybe this is how you keep your craft alive. Again, I could be very naive in your profession. I completely apologize for that. But uh, guys, if you're bored in the pandemic, if you're stuck at home, if there's nothing else you could be doing and you're tired of the doom and gloom, um, start farming or or become a pilot and join me. Uh, It's absolutely a lot of fun. And do share with me if you are playing either of those games, text me your gamer tag. I'd love to connect with you and see what you're playing. And I can also share some screenshots with you about what I'm up to as well. Uh, Just a reminder, 0467-439-078 is the number that you can reach me. You can text me anytime. And I think someone actually tried calling the other day. I apologize. I think I just responded. I was in a meeting, said, this is a text line. Please just text. (laughs) Um, I can't really take calls unless maybe I can. There'll be times where I'm not in meetings. Otherwise, um, send me a text and I'll always try and get back to you as soon as I can. So 0467-439-078. Now, after the break, we're going to talk about office technology, home office technology, I should say, how we can really help you up your game in that space if you're someone who's now doing a lot more work from home. And I'm going to finish then with the future of your home office meetings. And it's going to be around virtual reality. And it's just something worth staying tuned for. So hang in there. Now, look, I guess in 2019, if you worked from home, it was a bit of a luxury. You know, I remember in 2019, it was days where you'd say, you know what, on Fridays, I'm just going to work from home. 
and people would be like, oh, cool, you're so lucky you get to work from home on a Friday or whatever it was. And then we hit 2020 hit and the whole world turned to crazy and many of us were forced to work from home. And suddenly it was actually in some ways a bad thing, mainly because a lot of people just weren't prepared. And I think the biggest problem that we had in 2020 was um, pandemic hit, offices had to close, everyone had to start working from home. And most people had their laptop and they went home and they were looking around going, okay, I need to put my laptop somewhere. I'm going to connect in to the work VPN. I think that's what I do. And I log on. Okay, I guess I can do this. I can do my work from home. And they're sitting at their dining table. They've got their headphones plugged into their laptop and they're thinking, oh, I guess I can do this. This is temporary. You know, 18 months later, we're still doing it. And I think we have to accept that even though we've always got this aspiration of returning back to an office and maybe even returning back to the office in a hybrid manner where we do three days in the office, two days at home, or two days in the office and three days at home, or even some people who have left the cities will be hoping to do five days from home forever. There'll be some as well who just hate working from home and want to always go back. But for those who are choosing to even work a couple of days from home ongoing, I think there is an opportunity for you all to start considering your home tech. And this is what I wanted to talk about today. And I've had some great SMSs from people, which has helped me structure the particular items that we're going to talk about today. So first of all, I wanted to start with your monitor. And yes, a laptop has a built-in screen. I get it. Guess what? It sits very low and it also is very small. So guys, if you don't have a separate monitor, it's time to get one. Now, I've been using two. Um, I started off using a Samsung ultra-wide monitor, and then I started using the Samsung smart monitor because it was sent to me to review. The benefit of the smart monitor over a normal monitor is that the smart monitor comes with a remote control, and it means that when it comes to 11 a.m., I pick up the remote control, I put on ABC iView, um, and I start streaming it. If at lunchtime I want to start watching something on Netflix or Prime or KO or Apple TV, whatever it is, again, pick up that remote. And even though my laptop's plugged into it, I can actually start overlaying whatever I want to watch. And it's fantastic in that way. It has its own built-in speakers, which do a pretty decent job of acting as a television. It doesn't have an antenna port, so it doesn't you know, have free-to-air TV in that way, but you can stream every free-to-air channel on the device, as well as AirPlay. And that's something that's come in handily quite a bit, actually, is when I'm testing some things, my iPhone can AirPlay straight to the monitor, as well as Chromecast as well. It does come with a slight premium. Um, we're talking about $399 retail for the 27-inch. It goes all the way up to 43-inch. Now, why didn't I get the big dog? Well, it didn't actually fit in the space that I've got. Now, that my little uh, office nook that I use in the home has a shelf above it. And when you get bigger monitors, the height expands, whereas with ultra-wide, the, the monitors are not actually as high. It's just wider, which I could accommodate. So I, have at, I am going to be going back to the ultra-wide monitor because I like the width real estate, and I can probably live without the smart components because the reality is that I can go to Netflix.com. I can go to iView um, through a web browser and things like that. So I don't have to have those features. But if you're monitor is going in a place where maybe you would love a television to be, but when you're having a proper break, it could serve that purpose really well without doing it on your, say, work computer. So I think, I think they're two good options. I love ultra wide. Now, a lot of you were going to tell me, well, Jeff, why don't you just run two screens? Because that's the most productive way to be, is having your email on one screen and what you're working on on the other, or maybe three screens where the third screen is your Twitter feed. I've seen that and I've done that. 
um, for years, I actually ran three screens and it was exactly like that. Email on the right, work in the, in the middle, and on the left was my Twitter. And I could glance at any of those things and easily see what I wanted to catch up with. Honestly, it's distracting. And that's the reality. And it's, this is not a tech um, message that I'm going to put in right here, but having we're human beings, and to be honest, our brains can't multitask. As much as you think we can, we can't. I promise you we can't. And there's many tests that you can do online. There's some YouTube videos that will give you tests on whether you can multitask. Trust me, you'll fail them, um, but go ahead and do them and prove me wrong. The reality is, is that if you are working on something and you even glance or you, you turn to a Twitter feed, your email, whatever it is, as soon as you see that, bang, your attention's gone. Bang, you've lost focus. And I'm telling you, it takes longer to refocus every single time. So what I like to do, the way I like to work is single task. It could be a small task, it doesn't have to be a big one. But whatever it is, it could be just reply to that email, close it, bang, go and do something else. You need to create a PowerPoint presentation, work on that PowerPoint presentation, finish it, then check your email. Your email is not an instant messaging tool. Stop treating it like that. Check your email once, three times a day, whatever it is, but do not rely on it to be responding 30 seconds after you've received it. Trust me, they're emails. It's not a phone call. Phone calls are different. Again, with your phone, I love to leave that thing on do not disturb. I like to have different settings on my phone to turn off social media, to turn off certain notifications during those nine to five hours. We are not equipped mentally. We're not equipped to multitask. I don't care what anyone says. It's absolutely a myth. So single screen it have what you are working on on the screen, finish that task. And again, chunk those tasks so you can make it small. You can make it a five minute task. It doesn't have to be the whole document. It could be, I'm going to do one slide of my PowerPoint presentation, then I'm going to check my emails. Or I'm going to do three slides of that PowerPoint presentation, then I'm going to check my emails. Give yourself tasks, focus on something, finish it, then cut your attention and do something else. Don't go midway. Trust me, it's just, it's a disaster. Anyway, so monitors, tick. This other thing I want people to seriously think about, webcams. Yes, Jeff, you have a webcam built into your laptop. It also sucks. There is no laptop, brand new laptops. You could buy the latest MacBook Pro. The webcams suck. The webcam, webcams suck on all laptops. I don't care who's listening to this from which laptop company. All the built-in webcams are terrible. What's worse is they're also at the worst angle. They literally point up people's noses. And I'm so tired of joining Zoom meetings, Teams meetings, whatever you want to call them. And I'm seeing everything that somebody had for breakfast. I don't like it. What you need to do is get a separate webcam. It sits on top of the monitor and at best looks down at you. Looks down at you at about 15, 10 degrees if you can. It actually gives you a sense of slimness. It makes you look thinner. It also being given the fact it looks down, it usually gets you at better angles. So having a webcam on your monitor, absolutely important. The other thing as well, obviously, is that your webcams will make you look better. Now, if we are having meetings with our managers, with people with influence, whatever it is, you, the way you look in those meetings on a, on a video session is how you are perceived. We don't have the ability anymore when you could walk into an office with a nice shirt tucked in with your shoes all shiny and people thought, wow, he's a well-dressed human being. He must have his life together. Now, the way that we're doing that is how we're being perceived through video calls. And guess what? If you look crappy, if the angle of the camera sucks, if the lighting is terrible, all of these things make you look like you're less organized, less with it and less on board. So guys, I couldn't stress this enough. Make sure you're looking your best with a proper webcam. Now, doesn't have to break the bank. The Logitech Streamcam is one that I have used for a long time. 
maximum recommended retail price on this is about $279. You'll find it for less. But here is the big one. If you're someone who is senior, makes tons of cash, congrats, um, but is someone who's going to be investing a lot of time in working from home, maybe it's going to be a permanent gig. I've been testing something that really, really impresses me. It's called the Poly P15. Poly, short for Polycom. That's what they've been rebranded as. They were just bought by Plantronics a few years ago. That's when the rebranding came in. Plantronics, they make great audio gear. So guess what? Poly, who used to specialize in corporate video conferencing systems, is now moving heavily into home office. The P15 is a webcam and soundbar marvel piece. Um, It's fancy pants. Now, it's about the width of it's about 40 centimeters wide. It could be as wide as some people's monitors, dead set. It's definitely as wide as, it's wider than my laptop. I can tell you that much. Um, It looks like a soundbar and in the middle is a camera. It's a 4K camera. So it doesn't matter what kind of video call you're joining, you're going to look crisp. The other thing, it has very good light balance. Now it uses that 4K lens to actually frame you. So if you step back, if you start moving, that 4K lens can crop and move digitally to actually make sure you're always in frame. So even if you stand up, the camera can actually self-adjust. It doesn't actually physically move. It's moving the virtual uh, image to make sure you're always in frame. It's very, very smart technology. It will zoom, make sure you're center. So you're not actually sitting off to the left or to the right of of the video session. You'll look good. It can also do a bit of background blur. So the focus is that good as well. But what's really impressive about this is that it has the ability to hear you better than I've had on any other webcam. Now, whenever, and we'll talk about audio in a second, but whenever I join calls, I'm usually actually talking on my Yeti uh, microphone, which you're hearing me on now, which is what I use for podcasting. I also use it for meetings. Um, I feel like it's the best way I can sound because I've already got it here anyway. Um, And I just have a pair of headphones wired into that um, Yeti, which gives me my audio. But if I wanted to look like I had nothing connected to my ears and my microphone was not visible, although a virtual background can actually hide my microphone, but a lot of people just don't want things in front of them. They want it clean. They don't want stuff attached to them. You can talk to the Poly P15 and it has a feature called acoustic fencing. Now, acoustic fencing essentially allows it to narrow in on you and nothing to the left or to the right of you. Literally, if I was clicking and I've tested this, you start clicking and then you start moving your click away, the Poly P15 starts to block that out. I I have held a packet of chips in my lap and literally scrunched it up during a call and not a single thing was heard. It is so smart in capturing just your voice and not a crying baby, not a barking dog, not a knock at the door, not passing wind, nothing. This thing is just going to block it all out. Very, very smart technology. So you're going to look great. You're also going to sound great. The built-in speaker will also make sure that you hear perfectly what everyone is saying. So definitely something worth thinking about if you're going to be going hard on this. We're looking about $1,000 for that webcam. It's very serious technology. But when you factor in the fact that it's video plus audio, you may actually think it's a, it's good value at some point. One other thing, actually two more things before we go and have a break before I talk about the VR headset. Um, We're all working from home. It's genuinely time to think about ergonomics in some ways, making sure you've got a proper chair, make sure things are at the right height. Um, I also would recommend having something like, and I had to use one of these, it's called the Upright Go. It's a very small dongle. It sticks to the back of your neck. It also can be worn on a necklace and effectively it will vibrate when you start to slouch. 
and it absolutely gives you a report at the end of the day to tell, tell you how good or bad your posture was. I only wear it during business hours. I don't wear it for the rest of the day. Um, and it's a great nag that will tell you, sit up straight, sit up straight, sit up straight, because I don't want to get out of this lockdown looking like the hunchback of Notre Dame. And it's something that I recommend people try. For me, it's a brain training exercise. 10 weeks with one of these. And trust me, your mind will just start to remember, sit up straight, sit up straight, sit up straight. 80 bucks for something like that. Could be a really good gift if you know someone who's actually working from home. The other thing, accessories. Uh, Your smartphone is probably sitting next to you while you're working. Get a wireless charger for it. I think Bell can make some stunning products in this space. Um, They have combo chargers. They do a three-in-one, which will do your Apple Watch, AirPods, and uh, phone in one cradle. Really nice and organized way of doing it. Let's talk about audio very quickly. Um, One of the things that I've noticed is if you can't be heard, you suck. You just, you're terrible. If your audio is breaking up, um, if you don't hear what I'm telling you, again, this is impacting your reputation. This is making you look like you're less capable, even if you are an amazing employee. Trust me, if I can't hear you, if I can't see you, if you can't hear me, and also guys, I'm so tired of people saying, talk, talking while they're on mute, and you have to sit there and say, you're on mute. I'm also really tired of people saying, can you see my screen? Trust me, we can see your screen. You press the share button. I can see it. The one headset that I absolutely love is from a company called Epos. Epos owned by Sennheiser. Um, Everyone knows who Sennheiser is. Epos is their enterprise arm. They make a pair of headphones. They're over ear. It's called the Adapt 660, um, one that I've been testing for a long time. They started retailing these at about 800 bucks. But Google them now, you'll find them for about 350 to 400 and uh, you'll be very surprised. This is the, actually a pair of headphones you'd probably wear for anything. Um, they are awesome for calls. They do complete noise cancellation. They have features built into the ear cups to control your, um, your mute button and things like that in Teams calls. They've got um, Teams certification as well, so they are going to work very well. They've also got um, artificial intelligence built in that helps try and hone in on your voice, blocking out external noise for those who you're talking to. The call quality is amazing. Obviously, they're Bluetooth, meaning that if your phone rings or your, sorry, your smartphone rings, it automatically switches to that to take that call. If you then start receiving, um, if you don't have to jump into a Teams meeting, for example, it switches back to your PC or Mac. Very, very smart pair of headphones. I just think make sure you're heard properly. It's it's so important. Yes, not everyone uses their webcam, so that's uh, nice to have for some people, but audio is absolutely critical, and I think something like that is very good. I'm not, a, I'm not generally a huge fan of wearing um, headphones or earpieces. I don't like things that sit on top of my head. Um, but a lot of people just don't care about that. And to be honest, I think in a pandemic at the moment, no one really cares what your hair looks like. People are just happy that you've managed to turn up to a call and drag yourself out of bed. So do check out the Epos 660 as one of my recommended audio uh, products. Not everyone can have um, a Yeti microphone or or that soundbar that I was talking about, but having a good pair of headphones means that you will be heard. Something is always better than nothing. Do not rely on your computer's microphone and speaker. That is absolutely going to be one of the ways that you'll fail and one of the biggest problems that you'll have. I hope that helps. I know it was fast. I know it was rapid. I really wanted to address what people texted me about, and I really focused on those key areas. 
If you have questions, if you need recommendations, reach out to me 0467439078 and I'll come back to you with other suggestions if you've got things in mind. Lastly, actually, before I do go away, I'll talk about keyboards and mice. I've been testing a ton of them. Um, I use the Logitech or Logi, um, it's the Magic MX series or just MX series they could be called. Um, sorry, MX Master, the three I use for the mouse and the MX Keys is the keyboard that I use. Now, the reason I particularly love both of these is that they have three um, switch, fast switching options. So I can actually go from my Windows computer to my Mac to my smartphone on the keyboard, meaning I could receive a text and reply to it on my keyboard. I could want to do something on my Mac, quickly press the button, bang, I'm using my Mac. So that Bluetooth connectivity can hot switch very, very fast. And I absolutely love that. So if you're someone who's switching a lot between maybe your iPad, your iPhone and your work computer or even a personal computer, I think that's something that people could be considering. Battery life is exceptional. It charges through USB-C um, and I just love them. I love the feel of them. They're very quiet and the mouse is a joy, an absolute joy with heaps of buttons that you can customize to do other things. But for me, horizontal and vertical scrolling is something I just cannot live without, especially if you work with spreadsheets. Now, what is the future of meetings working from home? It may be virtual reality. And I wanna tell you about a meeting that I had in virtual reality and wow, just wow. Now, a lot of you will recall we had Thomas from HTC on the show as a dedicated interview, and I recommend people go back and listen to that. And we had Thomas telling us about all the latest from HTC. Now. It's always good to hear that from somebody, but when you get it in your own hands and try it for yourself, you kind of start to understand all of the hype. Now, this week I received the Vive Focus 3. This is a standalone VR unit. doesn't require a, a separate computer. It runs Android, actually. Well, the back end seems to be Android. And it's a standalone headset that you can wear. It's battery powered, and it comes with the two um, handles that you would normally see with HTC Vive products. Now. This particular one has been impressive. Now, I, I think I'll save a lot of its other features for next week. But the one I wanted to talk about today is the potential for new remote collaboration. When After receiving the headset and obviously getting it set up, I had organized a meeting with Thomas and he sent me an invitation via um, the Vive Focus and I put it on at two o'clock in the afternoon that we were set to meet and I could map out my room. It was very easy. Picking up the controllers, opening an app called Vive Sync, and I joined my meeting. I had an avatar, which I had already customized, and I had you know my t-shirt, my jeans, some sneakers on, and things like that. The face, you know, you do your best. I mean, if, you, if you've ever seen me in real life, the nose isn't easy to replicate in a lot of avatar situations. I did my best. So anyway, we jump in, I jump into this room, and I'm standing on, how would you describe, like a hotel in the Bahamas, essentially. And I'm standing outside this very large conference room on this deck, looking out at, there's a yacht sailing. Um, I look in another direction, there's some beautiful decking area, there's some couches, there's some beautiful music playing. I can hear some running water. I think there was a water fountain or a waterfall, something nearby. Um, but I could also see a separate conference room, which had a door. And I was standing there and I was waiting. And then I start hearing from behind me, hey, Jeff. and immediately I start to realize just how immersive this experience now is. By hearing that voice from behind me, my first reaction is to physically turn around. And I did. And when I did that, 
I saw Thomas as an avatar standing there waving. Now, a couple of things happen there. First of all, the audio is synchronized to your direction, meaning if Thomas was standing to my right, that's where I would hear him most. In this situation, he was calling me from far behind and I could hear him behind me. That is so different to what you would normally get from a flat experience that you would have in a Zoom meeting, for example. By turning around and seeing him literally waving, that again is a totally different experience. Now, I could have actually physically walked to move myself closer, but on the controls, you can actually virtually hop and you can move yourself closer as well. He put his hand out and you won't believe it until you try how immersive this is, but it feels so real immediately that when he put his hand out, my immediate reaction was to do the same. And it's funny that when you're in a virtual world where you can tell it's virtual, I mean, he doesn't look like a real human being. I mean, it's an avatar. It's, it's not real. I know that I'm not actually standing on the beach, but when he put his hand out, my natural reaction was to also do the same. HTC has obviously thought about this or Vive has thought about this. And I felt the vibration and a connection in that controller when our hands connected. And you have this, this feeling that you're there, that you're with somebody. And he said, he said, walk with me. And we walked and then we sat down. He said, just have a seat. Fortunately, I had thought about, hang on a second, do I even have a seat close near where I'm standing? Because I no longer have a real perception of the room that I was in, the real room that I was in. Fortunately, I could find it fairly quickly. And I sat down and I knew that he had already sat down because his avatar changed to a person sitting on a chair. So when I did the same, we now were sitting facing each other having a conversation. He was then able to bring up slides and he could make them bigger, smaller, drag them closer, move them further away. He could have it appearing over the sunset if he really wanted to. He also brought in 3D models where he brought in, a, I think it was a Ford Focus, and he placed it in between us. And again, he could make it smaller and larger, but I immediately stood up, physically stood up, and I started to walk around this 3D model of the car. And I was walking around it he, and I could pull out a laser pointer and I could actually help point to things that I was looking at and he was doing the same. And you suddenly realize we are having a real conversation. We're having a real conversation as if it's face-to-face, but it's actually so much more than that. The ability to bring objects into the room, whether it's a presentation, a video, or even a, a digital design um, was absolutely, it shook me. I was completely um, blown away by this kind of experience. We could then walk into the conference room. So imagine if you actually had, say, 30 people joining us in the Bahamas on this deck. A bell could ring, for example, and it says, make your way into the conference room. We could all, go, all then go and sit down at a chair. And again, you're sitting down feeling like you're in a room. Thomas could have then started leading a presentation or leading a discussion. I could look to my left and see my colleagues sitting there. If it got boring, I could even just say to one of them, hey, do you want to pop out for a bit? We could have walked out of the room. You can also actually, as a host, lock people to their chairs so they can't go and do that and they have to stay engaged in the meeting. But this is, this is the reality of what you can now do in, in VR is that you can have immersive experience that make it feel like you're actually together again. You're in a totally different world and you're able to do things that you would never have normally been able to do whether you connect in a Zoom meeting, a Teams meeting, I don't care how good your technology is on a webcam or whatever, this is something completely different. We could high five at the end and that was pretty cool. And we could take selfies. Um, One of the things that you can do is you can pull out a camera and you can take snaps, whether it's of the content, whether it's of something you're looking at, or you can flip the camera and take a photo of yourself in whatever situation you're in. And again, it's those kind of things that may sound 
really comical, but it actually adds to the reality of what we would normally do in the real world. You can pull out a whiteboard marker. You could just start drawing or, or circling around something wherever you're standing. You could do so many things. You could put notes. You could do so much. But I thought bringing in your PowerPoint presentations, bringing in a PDF, sharing your desktop, whatever it is, in a virtual world has huge potential. Bring in the 3D models. I mean, if you're a designer and you're working on a, on a product and you could bring that into a world where people could walk around it, collaborate on it and talk about it was, was stunning. The ability for that audio to be completely 360 in that it felt like when he was on my left, I could talk on my left. There is such a element of power to this that yes, it needs to be experienced to really be properly understood. Um, but I just think that after doing that, it was a wow moment. The biggest wow moment for me was more so I was in a one hour meeting with him and we talked and talked and talked. There was a lot of ideas flowing, a lot of discussion flowing. And at no point could I see my email? Could I check my phone? Could I do anything like that? Distractions were gone. Tell me how many Zoom meetings you're sitting on where you're actually 100% focused and you never touch your phone. You never glance at an email. Liars. We all do it. We all do it and we're all guilty of it. But if you're in a VR immersive experience like that, you can't do it. You just cannot do that. So for me, this was the most engaged I've been in a meeting in a very long time. It was the most immersive experience I've ever had for a very, very long time. But to, to say that it was completely realistic would be false because you can see that it's not real. You can see that, but it certainly feels real. And when you can hear voices in the right places, when you can feel a handshake, when you can feel a high five, um, and when you're looking at someone whose mouth moves when they talk, whose eyes move when they look, whose head moves, hands move, everything else, it certainly feels as real as you could possibly imagine it um, in a virtual reality world. It's absolutely amazing. And I cannot wait to see where this technology goes. I think obviously graphics will only improve. Avatars will only become more realistic. Um, and I know that there are attachments for this that can actually make mouth movements even more realistic, smiles even more realistic. And actually, speaking of smiles, during our selfie that we took together, even though I knew that when I smiled in real life, it didn't reflect on the avatar, guess what I was doing when we took that selfie? I smiled. My arm even went around to sort of to go behind Thomas. You know, if you stand next to someone to have a selfie, you might put your hand on their shoulder or something like that. I have a photo and you can go and see it on my Instagram page where while I was taking that selfie, I literally was, had my arm up in the air and I was literally smiling in real life. That's what it does to your head. That's what VR really does to your mind is it makes, it, makes you think that this actually is a real scenario that you're in. And it's, it's absolutely amazing when it comes from sitting down to talk with someone, standing back up with, to go for a walk with them. Um, it's just so immersive. Now, beyond meetings, this headset does a lot of things as well. And we're going to talk about that next week because we just cannot squeeze so much into one show. We'll talk about other features that I've loved and some that I haven't loved on the Vive Focus 3. And we'll talk about all of that as well. But I hope that you've learned something. I hope you've gained something from this uh, rather long episode. I genuinely thank you for listening. And I hope you're all keeping well and safe during the pandemic and during lockdown if you're in that situation. Otherwise, get out there and enjoy it for the rest of us. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. As always, reach out to me anytime. Email, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SMS. I try and make myself as accessible as I can. And hopefully I'll reply to you all as fast as I can as well. So have a great day. Look after each other. Bye-bye.